the Stay At Home Festival podcast, producer Trent here. You should know that by now. Today's episode, Robin and Josie joined by Claudia O'Doherty and Maeve Higgins and also some music from the FGs. The FGs, the band that do uh, our Cosmic Shambles theme tune. So I hope you enjoy this episode. The tip jar to support artists and venues right now is at cosmicshambles.com slash stay home and patreon.com slash bookshambles where you can go to support everything we do. Here's today's episode. Cheers. Good morning. Hello. Welcome to the Shamble Stay at Home Festival. Good evening uh, if you're in another country. Uh, good afternoon if you're in another country from the evening country. Uh, what are you doing up at this time uh, if you're in another? There's a lot of time zones to deal with. Welcome to the Shamble Stay at Home Festival. Uh, I will, first of all, uh, quick couple of things. Uh, everyone knows, uh, hopefully, if you've watched before, about the tip jar at the bottom of this page. Uh, we've done now, I think we're by the end of this week, it's going to be approaching 80 shows uh, during lockdown. We've had an enormous number of, uh, of of brilliant guests from uh, Tim Minchin, Mark Gatis, Joe Brown, Sarah Pascoe, uh, Lem Cisse, Lowe's, Natalie Haynes, lots and lots of uh, brilliant people. And uh, Robin Hitchcock last night, I had a very long conversation with Robin Hitchcock about some people might have been tuning in thinking, I hope they're going to talk about the musical work of Robin Hitchcock. No, predominantly talked uh, about our mutual love of books about giant killer crabs attacking the uh, coast of Wales, the Guy Ann Smith crab series. It You've was a... Uh, it's, I, I think in the end, especially once once Robin moved on to his knowledge of the book The Slime Beast, things became elevated even further into a dark dystopian nightmare. <laughs> you could do a spin-off show called Two Crab Robins. That would be a lovely idea, yeah. Because also, some of the people, the people who confuse us, obviously with the work of Jordan Peterson, Lobster Lover, then they might be lured in. Oh, maybe, oh, this is great. This is a, a men's rights activist crustacean group. No, it's not. They'll say furiously after a while. Um, but anyway, How are you? sorry. How are you today, Robin? Well, I made a terrible mistake. I watched uh, a film oh. that I can't necessarily pronounce. The Sinodoki, Sinodoshe, Sinodoki, Sinodoki, New York, last night. And I thought it was going to be, I know I'm 12 years late on that, but that's the way films work. You know, Casablanca came out long before I was born. I still eventually got around to seeing it. But um, I thought it was going to be a nice, quirky Charlie Kaufman movie. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the time to watch that, is it? No, it's a bit, it's a bit um, yeah, a bit long, a bit intense, a bit involved. Yeah, it's not quirky at all, is it? I mean, it's quirky, but quirky very much in a not fun quirky the quirky agony of being human, born, living, and dying. The very good title for your autobiography. Quirky agony. Um, the uh, oh, oh, the other thing I was going gonna... to mention is uh, the thing we're really pushing this week is our, our is our Patreon. As as, uh, as I've already said, you know, we've made nearly uh, eighty of these. We've made an enormous number of of podcasts of of science stuff. We've got loads and loads of stuff out there. So please go to our Patreon, uh, cosmicshambles.com Go to our Patreon, support our Patreon, and then we can keep making another eighty of these and another two hundred book shambles and another load of science science documentaries and uh, also we'll be able to make more knitted uh, pig-based puppets as well if we're very very lucky what is that this is um pig his full name is ernest j pigglesworth <laughs> we, 
you're with a baby, you embellish embellish. things, you know, you give things a rich inner life, otherwise you just sat with a toy. Well, everything's anthropomorphized once you have a a child, isn't it? Yeah. Here comes Juggy, the jug of water. Yes. Oh, look, Juggy's being sick into Muggy, the mug. It's all (laughs) sicking up the water, isn't it? Yeah, I may well have damaged my son. Drink up the sick. (laughs) Good parenting. (laughs) Um, So is that your show and tell today? Yeah. (laughs) We've run out of interesting things. We did it a lot of anything with any sort of quirky background is is done. (gasps) Ah! Hi, Josie. Hi. Oh, Josie, they're forgetting that we actually, that's not what, no one has an idea that Maeve has suddenly turned up because that's not what they're seeing at home. But Maeve has turned up. So let's introduce our guest. Uh, today, who are Maeve Higgins and Claudia Doherty, who are uh, stars of Extraordinary, but we'll talk about other things too. Um, two of <laughs> the funniest people alive on this planet, most interesting, <laughs> wonderful people. So excited to see you both. Hello. Well, we're not sure. Trent at the moment is just doing the vision mixing thing. So just just in case that's going on, my show and tell, by the way, is uh, Afterman, uh, Zoology of the Future, um, which is a, a beautiful book. It originally came out in 1981. And then the wonderful Breakdown Press, who some of you may well know, who uh, uh, bring really, really wonderful uh, books out. This was a book which was basically uh, imagining the animals that would evolve after humanity was was no longer there so it's just these beautiful paintings by douglas uh, dixon and then with also and he he did work with uh with with scientists to kind of imagine uh where living creatures where that where they would do what they would develop into and that there, there we go there's some sorry, sorry there just beautiful book and uh breakdown press are a really fantastic. I recommend all of their stuff. They always bring out quirky and weird things. So What's that's good my about show that is If you can keep it safe enough, in a million years, you can come back and see which worked and which did not. It is beautiful. It feels so. It it feels so legitimate when it's so speculative. Yeah, that's one of the things. Is you could easily in in there we go there oh, there. there. There we are. So that was my show and tell. And go and find out more about Breakdown Press. They're a small press. Uh, a friend of mine, Tom, who you probably know, Tom as well, uh, who does stuff with Nat Metcalf as well, and did oh, some of the yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, um, Tom is uh, does incredible work with Breakdown Press in terms of, of books of illustrations and all manner of other things as well. So, shall we uh, meet Claudia first? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hello again, Claudia. Now you are with um, the uh, so you are you're, you're um, much like when we also had Tim mentioning you're in a totally different world. You're just there, you've got a nice glass of wine. It's early evening for you, isn't it? It's dinner time, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having a beautiful glass of wine. I've drunk more alcohol than ever in my life recently. <laughs> wow. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. So it's been a, a, um, a self-medication few weeks then. What? What was that? Sorry. It's been a self-medication few weeks then. 
Yeah, I've I fled America where I actually do live, and I've come back to Australia. And I, after two weeks of uh, quite intense quarantine in my teen bedroom, where I, I was not allowed to, um, you know, communicate or interact with anyone else, um, I'm now out of it. And I mean, when I say it's more more alcohol than I've ever drunk in my life, I barely drink alcohol. And these days, I'm drinking up to two glasses of wine a night. <sighs> I've gone wild. I'm the same. I will like have a glass of wine maybe three days a week now. If you Pretty can incredible, right? It's, I yeah. can't believe it. <laughs> but then I have started doing a thing, which is in the evening, if I go past the fridge, if I've got a bottle of wine in the fridge, I'll just have a just one little, just a little <laughs> tot. Well, you do. You're very ladylike, bottle sipper. Mm. That's the thing. Most people, when they sip from a bottle, you think they lose their elegance. Mm. Yet I feel the way that quite often you just take the, the top off with your teeth, yeah. tip a little bit back in, keeping the top still in the other side of your mouth and then mm. still manage to put it back on. Like it's like watching, Margaret, Ru- like it's like watching back- Margaret Rutherford drinking claret. <laughs> I do that thing where I put, I don't know how to do it, so I do it and then it all just like explodes over my face. <laughs> I want to um, ask you, you and Nick Coyle made a really funny yeah. uh, web series. And I yeah. feel for some reason that it feels really pertinent now. even yeah, though it's upsettingly um, true, true to life now. Yeah, we Nick wrote this uh, web series called Sarah's Channel, where I play a beauty vlogger who's in an apocalyptic world. And she sort of is just like beauty vlogging to keep her like sanity. And during my quarantine, when I was just like two weeks with no interaction with any other people, I did experiment with contouring. And then I was like, oh, my God, that I'm Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It prepared you. And, you know, generally in the world, you're like, this would be like a very natural time to promote Sarah's channel, but it feels too grubby. So I don't. Well, also, it's too real. It's like, this is, isn't it great that this is exactly what's happening? No. Yes, I, it would be much better had you written something. uh, Oh, no, but then that would be worse. I was going to say, where it's just like people chilling out on a beach, but that would be too hard to watch as well. Yeah. I don't really know what is. I mean, I watched Contagion with my parents the other night. We did enjoy how close to real life it was. But then are there bits where it's slightly different where you're like, oh, that would never happen? <laughs> Why no, it, it's almost exactly the same. We're like, yes, bat and pig. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I've still not seen I Contagion. So what? Who, who's in Contagion? <laughs> Every, who's in Contagion? Everyone's, you know, the who two things that people think. in Contagion? My mum's main <laughs> comment was like, oh, my God, it's her. You've Kate <laughs> Winslet. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, who is, I mean, just every, Matt Damon? I feel like that when I watch old Miss Marples from ITV. <laughs> Honestly, you watch a Miss Marple, you're like, well, there can't be any more stars in this. And then, bam, Joanna Lumley. Wow. Jamie Thinkston, who's right, right there. Because at the oh, time, his star was riding high. Is there currently a show on UK TV that on you guys UK TV that you guys could go on where you get murdered? That just oh, that everyone oh, gets to go on. My dream. dream. I wish. I wish the bill was still going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to the, pop up on the bill would be nice. 
The bill was like um, due actors. Yeah. Like everyone would get called up. My my friend John Luke Roberts has got a very funny joke at the moment where he records me um, uh, voice messages of episodes of the bill where the police are going around telling people off for being in the park too long. So it's like, excuse me, madam, what are you doing? I'm just sitting down as part of my exercise. No, you're not. You're no, I'm not. I'm doing yoga. No, you're not. Oh, I wish that sound, that theme song of the bill was really the, the bill was really the sound of Saturday nights for me until I was about fourteen, I think, maybe sixteen. Oh, it was on Saturday nights on the ABC in Australia, and I, for some reason, watched that and Birds of a Feather every Saturday night. <laughs> What do I do when you are far away? What's Saturday night, baby. Um, there is a joke in Birds of the Feather once a month, which is um, somebody, one of them, uh, played by uh, Linda Robson, says, there's a half-naked man in my bathroom. And Pauline Quirk says, top half or bottom half? <laughs> Barely even a joke, just a question. <laughs> um, can we introduce Maeve as well, Robin? It's well, just Maeve is a, it's a wonderful thing, which is uh, Maeve is only allowed to be viewed sideways. Trent spent the last, uh, I think, kind of 10 minutes saying, Well, turn the phone then and then it will go landscape. Turn the phone then and then, but it's just not. So, this is an interesting. So, uh, is it locked into portrait? Is it locked? It, it, I think it's locked. No, we're only getting it. We're only getting it. Great thing for those at home who don't realise when you're just seeing one person on screen, we actually have every single person who's going to be appearing on the show. Uh, And I should mention, by the way, that the FGs uh, will be on uh, shortly as well. Uh, Dawn and uh, Richard, who wrote the original music for uh, the original uh, classic music, of course, for uh, Cosmic Shambles website the uh, <laughs> website which is available uh, on jeff love plays the music of the podcasts uh, from music for pleasure records um but we are joined by uh, mave hello mave how are you hi i'm fine i'm fine Can now you've just we should make it clear you have just woken up haven't you no i've been awake now like i guess i started to get calls and things about 30 minutes ago saying you know we need to um it, we need you on the podcast on this, you know, and I just felt uh, this rush of importance, you know, like, oh, maybe you're late for something. <laughs> and, you know, the media, there's a media happening. So um, I just ran into the kitchen and my mom, I need, I need to have coffee. I'm doing a show, you know, really un- <laughs> unhinged stuff, actually. Um, and then was looking for the subway, you know, to get to... <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's just really good. And I'd really like to talk to you every morning. Oh, my God, my has, dream. Has, has <laughs> it given you a... Because that's the thing is you have to now, even though everything we do, like I've, I've got, I'm traveling a lot today. I've got uh, yeah. seven different gigs. They are yeah. all over the shop. Uh, I've got a meeting mm-hmm. in queue shortly. Then I've got, uh, later on, I've got a, a, a meeting in America. So you have to try and imagine yeah. that the desk you are sat at there is some sense of of transience as well. Yeah, and I think it's like it's just like it is in the olden days. It's all pointless, <laughs> you know. You're like, I'm, I'm going to go to this meeting, and maybe this I'm meeting, and maybe I'm going to get this show, and this is going to happen with my career. But that was never real anyway. 
So this is just a more comfortable way of <laughs> Sorry, what? being in show business. Maeve, I'm going to be a star. <laughs> Josie, Josie, Hollywood's on fire. <laughs> And we should do you know do is every time we have a zoom meeting or anything we yeah. should go out out the door walk around the flat or the house or the block or anything and come no, back no. in Mansion. <laughs> now is the time no, that is a good idea really but i would be walking, I would around, be walking my, around my mansion it would take some time yes to walk around the grounds would take upwards of 47 minutes <laughs> you want me to take in also take in the east wing we haven't walked around that a long time <laughs> not summer oh it is summer then <laughs> so I can tell you something actually genuinely creepy that did happen yesterday. Josie, I know you're frightened of Ireland and all its mysticism. <laughs> Sorry, I just like plain English speaking. That's what I like. I live in England whether I like it or not. <laughs> and you love it there. Yes. Sorry, but um like, no, I do like being back in Ireland, but something did happen yesterday, which was my brother-in-law is like digging the foundations for their new house. And, wow. they, I know, broke so ground, they broke ground yesterday. Oh, no. And then a guy pulled up in a car and was like, hey, I see that you, you know, you're excavating some ground there. Would you mind if I just buried my dog in there? And then they were... The, my brother-in-law is really really nice actually and he was like okay and so the guy was like it's just a little jack russell but it was a really big bag and then my sister was like i don't want to i don't want the under our kitchen like the very first day we break ground in a new house the first thing that happens is there's a dead body under there oh it could easily be his, be wife. his wife yeah a real dog <laughs> <laughs> That's why he had to kill her. He's going to get a pretty one next. There is an element of poltergeist to that as well. Kind the of, element uh, of because yeah. uh, poltergeist was uh, it was uh, a Native American burial ground, wasn't it? Whereas yes, just it was. a couple of puppies and a Jack Russell. That's a very kind of yappy haunting, isn't it? Mm. I can see that that would really get you in the end. But yeah, and also um, animal animal or cemetery. Pet cemetery. Pet cemetery, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> animal, uh, animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Everyone's obsessed with it. I'll tell you what animal crossed me yesterday. It wasn't a dead Jack Russell. It was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, you had, that is a, that story seems to fit in very neatly with the world that you kind of created with Extraordinary. Because that that had such. I a commend you for bringing this back into a formal interview setting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. For doing it with real aplomb, and, and I enjoyed it a lot. And may I say, I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be here today. <laughs> um, yeah, extraordinary. This is a film that you you are both a part of that we all loved. Yeah. Uh, how does it? Do you see Ireland in a more spooky way now that you've been a part of it? <laughs> I think that's a question for Claudia. When she was here, she very making the film. She very frequently sickened in castles, and was often just in like long nightgowns with cats laying on top of her. So, <laughs> Claudia, did you feel like it was? It's a more spooky place, place than before. 
Yes, it was a very spooky experience because I did get so sick <laughs> because I had I wore very small costumes and we were in an unheated um, castle. Oh, but there were a lot of sort of feral cats. Have you seen Grey Gardens? I know you have, oh, Josie. Yeah. It, was, it sort of had a Grey Gardens vibe. There were lots of cats just wandering around and they would sit on you between scenes because you were warm. But I did still get very sick and um, it felt bad because I wanted to be being a movie star. But I was kept coughing <laughs> on everyone, which these days would not go down well. But at the time, everyone thought it was very charming. <laughs> I thought there was going to be an even bigger reveal than that to fit in with Extraordinary. Which would you, and I did actually get very sick and I oh. died. No, we're in Dante's circle of podcasting hell. <laughs> I should have realised this all along. It's the reveal. But we should find out because Extraordinary, for those who haven't seen it, can you tell us a little bit about because I, uh, it, it's, it's just got that beautiful mix of a kind of a mundane reality, but at the same time within it, is a world of 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 ghosts and possession. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think a lot of people have been, you know, oh, Maeve, it's pornographic. How could you? And I said, no, it's erotic. <laughs> it's just eroticism. Yeah, um, it's, it's Irish eroticism. <laughs> it's tight in a castle. That's why it's in a castle. It's like sort of you know, ancient. Mate, there is a sex scene how, in the film. Like, how did you feel about shooting that? What was it was that? real sex. No, I'll tell you what made me really uncomfortable about that is they made me wear like genital sheets and there was an intimacy coordinator and I was like, get this off me, get her out of here. I want a raw dog it. So, and he did. The actor who played, um, you know, her lover, he was so upset, but she insisted. And because she was on the top of the call sheet, they had, and he's, he said he won't work again. He won't work with any with anyone, any woman again, anyway. He said, okay. <laughs> I said, that's okay. Yeah. Whatever your name is, you know, and I'll bring up our child alone. This is great. I, I think <laughs> now, now. What is lovely is that uh, I've managed to ask a question in which since then people have found out less and less about the film. People know far less about the film than they did when this conversation started, well, which makes it far more enigmatic. Horny will tune in straight away. So yeah. that's good. We're just trying to find the right audience for the movie because if you're horny, you'll love it. <laughs> I say this has become a very naughty show. <laughs> We would like, please tell us a bit about the film because it is such a great film. Well, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of messages on, on Twitter, Twitter and on Instagram being like talking about people's unlikely path to finding the film. So I've stopped really giving any credibility to, you know, the old way of marketing, which is like we beg and plead, you know, in cute ways, like for people to watch it. I think it has to, like, one person emailed or DM me and was like, I heard about this through a friend who went to a festival in Canada. And so it wasn't available here. So I bought it, but it was a German translation from Amazon. And then, you know, they waited for many months. So I'm like, people will just find it, hopefully. Or else if they don't, they're just not meant to see it. <laughs> I mean, it's like a horror comedy. What can I say? It's very, very, very good. It is very good. I'm oh. 
And that is quite old fashioned. It reminds me of when we interviewed um, the go-betweens and they were talking about trying to find music and music magazines and everything taking two months longer to get to where they were in the 70s. And the idea that you'd be like, I must see this. The only thing I can see is a German dubbed version. It'll have to do. <laughs> yeah, I had lots of nice friends. Like, we couldn't wait to see it, so we pirated it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the number one because my brother-in-law, not the one who's doing the house, a different one, but the same name. Um, <laughs> he actually, like knows he could see all the torrents and everything happening and he was like oh everyone is like downloading this illegally which is like a good sign for it becoming a cult favorite but i think it's like not great for the producers to earn their money back sure but claudia as an anarchist is thrilled about that yeah i don't think earn money i don't think money should exist She's not clear about what anarchy is, but she's giving it a <laughs> Welcome to your utopia. The uh, <laughs> um, we're going to go. We're going to come back to you in about uh, five minutes. We're going to ha- and we'll do your show oh. and tell as well. We're just going to uh, we're going to now introduce our, our band of the day, and also mention a couple of other things. That on the seventeenth of May, uh, we have the gig uh, that was going to be at the Albert hall but is now in a series of people's front rooms uh which is a, a, some, something of a change uh and we have got that is the sea shambles show where we have liz bonin and uh natalie haynes and rufus hound and reese shearsmith and grace petrie and british sea power and lem cisse and brian cox uh and various wow. so that's on the 17th of may at was going to be the albert hall but is going to be in various different rooms like this instead um and uh also mention uh the uh not the tip jar but oh it's not I, i've just been told that it's i've got i've got a message which i can't read from trent i get those all Kobe the time shoulders is going to be there too Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, uh, Kobe Smulders uh, from, uh, amongst other things, Avengers movies, um, and also tonight at eight thirty. Thank you very much. By the way, that was uh, exactly the kind of work I'd expect from someone who has been the great mind behind uh, a, a piece of, uh, of of cinema. And uh, off the menu tonight, off menu tonight is James A. Caster, Ed Gamble, and Rushing Connerty, and that is on at eight thirty. Oh, that would be fantastic. So now it is our musical guests. I've mentioned them before. Uh, they are uh, the FGs, Dawn and Richard, and. Uh, they have written music for many, many different things, including lots of our projects. So here they are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the FGs.
Hello, welcome back. And that was the FGs, uh, Dawn and Richard. And you can find their work as well on Bandcamp. Uh, I don't know if you you should wait as long as Bandcamp Friday, because I think that's going to be. I think that's only going to be uh, once once a month. Uh, but uh, go and find their work uh, on Bandcamp because uh, they're fantastic. And there's also a really good uh, band called the Rifles. Do you know the Rifles, Josie? I have heard of them, but I don't think yeah. I've heard them. Uh, They've got a lovely uh, lockdown song. That was one of the things that I got on Bandcamp Friday. Did you get anything on Bandcamp Friday? Yes, I did. I got the new uh, song by Benin City, Joshua, who we spoke to. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's still available. You should go for it. Maybe not wait till, I don't know, buy it twice. Yeah, why not? It is very exciting to see mm -hmm. bands responding to this situation because I feel like songs <laughs> are the best, best sort of art that I want now. Uh, like yeah, uh, it, it feels like you can all sit with a song and and help feel together. Whereas like I don't want like comedy shows. Everyone get off now. Yeah. <laughs> I would highly recommend John Mouse as well. If you don't look at John Mouse, that is very good for this period of time. Uh, it is kind of upbeat and strange, and uh, and it's it's similar. If anyone knows the stuff that Malcolm Middleton and David Trigley did together, their words and music album, uh, it's a little bit like that. Um, we better move on to show and tells because we don't have that long on today's show. So, uh, Claudia, you have a, a, a show and tell. Yes, um, the, yes. Um, the reveal is I've been wearing my show and tell the whole time. Hey. So kind of a slow creep of a show and tell. <laughs> I am where I just actually just got this. This is a jumper. The design is actually by my dad, and. It can you read the back? I can't tell how I'm uh sweet sweater enthusiast for climate action. Oh my god. And as you'll see, there's a fish on one sleeve. Quite good, quite cool. And over here, there's a koala. Um and um so it's one of his uh uh pictures from recently, but it is all the money from these jumpers goes to um, bushfire charities and also climate change charities, and that's why. Um, uh, and that's everyone should get one. It's by this really good designer, Wawa Australia. You can look at her Instagram, but she's been making really cool jumpers out of like um, cool bands and artists, like art recently. And it's a very nice merino wool, good jumper. <laughs> It feels yeah, weird, Ken, of... that you're the last part of autumn going into winter as well. Yeah, the idea it's getting of putting... chilly. Yeah, it, that's not, I mean, that's a lie. It's Can not... I just say, though, I... as an Australian who spent a lot Australian. of time, spent a lot of time in the United Kingdom, it still gets cold at night in the summer in England. Sorry, but it does. So a jumper <laughs> is the perfect thing to get. Look how cool. That is so one of my because uh, what happened was uh, you people forgot to say, uh, have you got a show and tell? And so we mentioned that at one minute to ten and you went, well, I'm wearing this jumper. That was brilliant. That was even better than when someone's just gone, well, my cat's on this chair, which has happened uh, in, in the past. That one's been the most immediate show and tell yet. And, and also uh, a really cool, interesting thing as well. Yeah. So pretty good. Better than uh, yeah. Ernest J. Pigglesworth. Um Maeve, have you got anything you'd like to show us? <laughs> it's not the kind of show. Um, yeah, do you know this book, Seabiscuit? No, but, no, but I know the film. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually like uh, one of the best books of nonfiction that I've ever read. 
Um, and Delicious. the reason I haven't seen the film, but um, I actually read an article about the journalist who wrote it, Laura Hildenbrand. And the interesting thing about her is she suffers from, you know, that pain, like it's like kind of like fibromyalgia where your whole body's in pain all the time. God. And she's had that for 20 years. So she writes like literally from her bed. Wow. And so, but this book makes you feel like in the way that nonfiction does, you're, you get so immersed in it that you're like, hang on, I'm in 1932. Like it's oh. incredible. And I actually, before I read this, I was reading about how she works and how she does it just from her bedroom. Like a lot of writers have to do now. And what she used to do was, um, also she was writing about depression era America and, um, most people had died by then, like most of the major players in her story, but so she used to order like um, the local newspapers of the day from eBay. Huh. And then she'd just like sit down and drink coffee and read the newspapers of the day. So I think that's how she got this sort of quality that she seemed to have actually been there. And she also <laughs> developed very strong opinions on that political situation as a result. Became yeah. a partisan. <laughs> she did. She bought herself a 1930s car, a 1930s <laughs> vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Her, her entire language changed oh, water, water. Um, but you know what the coolest detail is that I found out about Seabiscuit so like lots of people know about him he was an incredibly famous racehorse and one of the most popular um, like, was he very big or am I thinking of Sir Terry um, he wasn't actually that big did you say big yeah no he, no, actually, he actually was a bit like um, scrawny like, he was mm. the right weight for a racehorse. Sounds but like me. He was a little bit Claudia. Claudia, <laughs> I mean, groaning. Oh, God. Show us your little bent knees. Your little knock knees. He had... <laughs> he had one funny front leg, that, and that was why a lot of people wrote him off when he was a colt. Oh. But it also meant that he could lie down and sleep, which horses do not do. They can lie down for maybe, like, three minutes at a time. But he would lie down for hours and just be sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. So everyone was like, yeah, his dad was a famous racehorse, but this guy's got a weird leg and all he does is sleep all day. I love it. This trainer saw him, this like basically horse psychic, saw him and was like, I can make this colt um, run like the wolf. Was he strong? Um, yeah, he kind of was. Like he really couldn't talk to people at all. He was like this guy in his 50s who like blends into the background in all the photos. Uh, he had no friends. He was just traveling around the country. Um, and then he met Seabiscuit and took him and hid him away and fed him on the best oats and put on 200 pounds. And also, and this is the last thing I'll say, um, Seabiscuit had a real temper. Um, so they knew he was lonely. That's a sign of loneliness. Um, so first they gave him a little goat and Seabiscuit hated the goat and picked it up with its teeth and threw it out of the stable. <laughs> but then they gave it, they gave Seabiscuit um, a little yellow pony who he liked. And then they gave him a dog with ears three times too big for its head. And then they gave him a spider monkey. And so the four of them would all lie down and sleep together <laughs> with the monkey around Seabiscuit's neck and the dog on his tummy. And then the oh, golden pony oh. just standing up to sleep over the ball so it's this weird memory and then that that helped him to be an incredible racehorse yeah which i love because i love horse racing yeah she loves the 
the, the bloody sport of, sport of King. kings. <laughs> Can I? Because I've not seen, seen the, the film. film. Did the spider monkey eventually become the jockey, or is that a separate? Because <laughs> that, if, if that, that would win me over definitely. I'll see the film now if it has a spider monkey jockey. I think so. Yeah, you should watch us. I'll give it a go. Yeah, that that and these these uh, weird films that are coming out of Ireland with all manner. Of, yeah, that's uh, um, uh, people must see extraordinary. By the one of my favourite things in it is uh, there is. I, it does seem to be to some extent a connection to the work of early work of Christopher Burr in some of our uh, rock star. I, I, I mean, that might just be pure coincidence, accident, etc. But that no, that is a particularly delightful thing. Uh, especially, <laughs> I met someone once who told me how he shakes hands, and it was really spooky. But I'll tell you that. And how? I'll, next time we see each other, which might be for months, I will demonstrate the Christopher shaking hands. Like uh, it's, like, it's like a secret stroke. Yeah, no. the secret, secret stroke. Yeah, that's what uh, an evolutionary biologist who, who met him told me that uh, it was a very odd secret stroke hand. So uh, uh, there we are. Anything more like, ugh. I mean, it might have been an accident. It might just be one of those things where sometimes you get a kind of a, a lazy finger during a handshake. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Ew, um, that's the worst part. The idea is just you get lazy finger during it. Ugh, pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> what are you both um, listening to music-wise and reading other than Seabiscuit? Are there any things that you've enjoyed in the past couple of months that you'd recommend to people? Yeah, there's a new podcast from a really, from a really brilliant, brilliant Irish, Irish DJ. It's called Make Me an Island. And he plays like every every night he goes to like a different country. And um, so he's got a really great South African episode. Um, anyway, it's called Make Me an Island. And I cannot recommend it enough. He's He's got like all these old records that he's oh, playing. Oh. But it's not like esoteric for the sake of it. It's You mm. find yourself dancing. It's really fun and beautiful. And sometimes he gives like a backstory for what you're hearing. Is that Donald Deneen? Yeah, Donald Deneen. Yeah, I'm on it. I um, I've been really enjoying. I I participated in a Eurovision Song Contest thing called the Isolation <laughs> Song Contest, and we had to um, uh, make we represented North Macedonia, and everyone was representing <laughs> different countries. And a lot of people's approach was obviously to research their country and then do a song that's like. In this country, they like this and we eat this and great. But I was thinking what I wanted to do was to listen to the pop music of that place and try to kind of in a general vibe way emulate that. So I found a site that would play me the top tens from North Macedonia. So interesting. Wow. And then you can go all around the world listening to the top tens of the charts. And it is a fascinating experience. And Apple, I think Apple Radio do it as well. Because for a while I was just going around like different parts of, of the world just be like that's number one there but it's also number one there and like yeah I think even just that level of exploration is a really fun way to pass time and learn about what people are up to and did you spend the whole of that week because you're quite method when you do any kind of Eurovision Song Contest parody did you have your Twitter trends set to North Macedonia for the whole of that week as well <laughs> God, I wish I had. It would be more cheering than having them set to London. That's what you need to do, though, because <laughs> I've for the whole of this week, I've been on New Zealand uh, Twitter trends. I don't know what all the reference points are or anything like that, but it's been a far more entertaining and enjoyable week, and I haven't been dragged into a mire of uh, political incompetence on a daily basis. 
well, you must feel quite good about the way that your leadership in New Zealand has handled the crisis. <laughs> I'm cock-a-hoop down here in Auckland, I can tell you now. <laughs> I'm very good at Yeah. Um, <laughs> Claudia, what have you been listening to? Is there anything you recommend to? Um, I just started listening to on my friend's recommendation um, a podcast about Nexium, that cult. <gasps> I've, I've listened to the whole thing. I've listened to the whole thing. It's called, the one I'm listening to is called Uncover. It's about it's season a, one. a man talking to his friends. Yes. Was, yeah. He, yeah, who, from childhood. And I was listening to the first episode. I don't love pork. But I was making a pork shoulder. I was making six pork shoulder pies for my grandmother, because I I'm allowed to deliver food to her in Australia at this time. And I was like cutting up a pork shoulder, which is something I've never done in my life. As I was listening to the first episode of the uncovered of season one, Inside Nexium or whatever it's called, and it's a very graphic description of branding humans and the smell of um searing human flesh and i nearly threw up but it's a great podcast (laughs) so just make sure you're not like preparing any raw meat specifically pig while you listen to it that's a a message for butchers listening (laughs) to butchers make sure you've come home from work before you listen to uncover season one, escaping Nexium. <laughs> but just beware. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of time now, so we should find out. Now it, it's great to have a uh, to end on butchery advice. Is something we haven't done in the first seventy four episodes. So finally, that's uh, that's reached. Uh, th- that can always be the cliffhanger uh, until season two, which begins tomorrow morning at ten thirty. Um, <laughs> with Greg Jenner, by the way, Greg Jenner, who is uh, d- early work I knew of his is brilliant. Uh, uh, stuff he did with uh, working with horrible histories. He's a historian, uh, and uh, his latest book is Dead Famous, which is all about the kind of the, the history of celebrity. And we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. Um, Maeve, where can people go and find out what you're kind of uh, if you are creating anything at the moment in terms of where where would you like to uh, recommend, uh, recommend people? people go and find out more about your? Uh, I suppose Maeve Higgins on Twitter. But can I also say you've been writing some really important uh, articles recently uh, in the New York Times. Thanks, Josie. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I write for the New York Times and the New York Review of Books. So I think that's why I'm not sure where to, the best place is. But usually, like I tweet about them. But you could just Google my name, followed by your favorite publication. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks so much. It was so nice to see the two of you. Thanks for doing the show. It's really fun. Thank well, you so much. Coming along. And what about you? I'm, I'm. You can find me on the plagia, pages of Playboy magazine, and also. <laughs> oh no! Just go to my Instagram. Ding dong! Yeah. It's Claudia Doherty to stay up to date with what I'm up to and see what's going on. And right now, not much. much. <laughs> that is. Uh, that reminds me of that Mark Thomas. You remember one of the things he did with an artist friend of his, where uh, they used to get uh, things like Playboy magazine, and then uh, his his friend she would place small collages around kind of uh, the areas of maximum interest. So there would be kind of almost Dardarist collages, and then they just pop them back into the newsagents. So people would then buy this product and go, exit. What on earth is this? <laughs> this appears to be a woman who has toaster genitalia. Um, so, uh, yes, have a look at that. that was... 
I don't feel great about it, to be honest. Because <laughs> I, I put a lot of effort into making sure it looked fantastic on the days of the photo shoots. <laughs> so to hear it's been covered by some comedians is devastating. What a, oh, it's terrible to have to end the show this way, it's sad. It was it's a pity because it started on such an upbeat piece of butchery advice, which is what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. And we've ended up on something which has become a, a disappointing Dardarist collage in pornography. <laughs> the whole thing has been, uh, it's ended oddly. Um, I want to thank you for um, marshalling the show with a real clear professionalism. And I'm glad and grateful for you. What are you doing for the rest of the day? I'm now, I'm now going to talk to a wonderful man called Christopher Sykes, who, uh, amongst other things, made the documentary about Richard Feynman, The Pleasure of Finding Things Out, um, and made an, a nor his career is filled with... Re There's a brilliant documentary series he did called Seven Ones of the World, where each week a scientist would talk about their ones of the world. And I highly yeah. recommend, if you've never seen it, Miriam Rothschild, who was an expert on uh, fleas and flukes and things like that. <laughs> it's a really beautiful documentary where she talks about how she found out about the uh, uh, the the jumps of fleas and trying to film the jumps of fleas which are actually too fast for the speed of a freight it's just a lovely thing of seeing someone with a collection of rabbits which she combs to get the fleas off and then looks at yeah it's wonderful so i'm going to talk to him that's my main thing and that's you really cool i'm going to be trying to do some writing again for the second day in a row yesterday i actually managed to write something new even though it was like 300 words and i was like we're back we're back in town baby so that's great oh my god Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, don't forget the FGs there on Bandcamp. Uh, tip jar at the bottom of this. Go to our Patreon page uh, if you get a chance, if you can't bother with the tip jar. But if you can't bother with the tip jar, you probably definitely can't bother to go to our Patreon page. But CosmicShambles.com, that's got all of our other stuff as well that we make as uh, anyway, whether there's lockdown or not. So hundreds of uh, interviews and short films and stuff about math, science, literature, art, and all of that. See you tomorrow, 10.30 with Greg Jenner. Bye. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home to catch up on all the previous episodes, find out who's coming up on upcoming episodes and to leave a tip for acts and artists and venues who are hit hardest at the moment. And if you'd like to support us at the Cosmic Shambles Network, patreon.com slash bookshambles. Oh.